Name. Jen. Name on Instagram. Reading with Pugs. Age. 39. Family. I have my husband, Frank, and my son, Emilio, and my three pugs. Lives in? Long Island, New York. Favorite coloring book? As everyone always says in these podcasts, that's tough. <laughs> so I would say probably um, my very first really nice coloring book, which was Magical Delights by Clara Markova. That's probably my favorite. Favorite pens or pencils? I'm going to have to go with my whole binds. Hello, coloring book friends, and welcome to a new episode of Passionista Colorista coloring book podcast. And welcome to today's guest, Jen. Thank you. So honored to be here. Or reading with pugs that you are known as on Instagram yes. and Facebook and YouTube. Yes, that's right. So how are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Very, very excited to do this and be here with you. I'm excited too. And... Uh, Your name, Reading with Pugs, uh, I can guess where it comes from, but please tell me. <laughs> sure. Um, when I first decided to start a YouTube channel, my channel was only dedicated to reading and books. And at that time, a lot of people didn't use their actual names. They used sort of, you know, nicknames and things. And so I was trying to think of something that would be relevant to me. And whenever I would read or whenever I do read still, I always have my pug bell next to me. So that's how Reading with Pugs was born. And actually, if you go back to my very old videos, my first videos on YouTube, I used to film with my dog, Bell. <laughs> so it kind of fit. <laughs> so when did it start to also become about coloring books? Yeah, I guess about uh, two years ago is when I started coloring. I really uh, wasn't into it. I had seen the coloring books in the bookstores and things. And back in those times, it was really just basic things, a lot of Zentangles and things like that. And I really wasn't into it. And then I had uh, went to Barnes and Noble, which is a bookstore in America here, a big bookstore. And um, my mom was there with her friend and her friend was showing me all of her coloring. And she said, this is such a relaxing Uh, thing to do maybe want to give it a try and I molded over and I was like you know what all right I'll give it a try why not and I started and I really didn't like it because I didn't know uh, I was using the wrong pencils I was using the Prismacolor Verithins which are really hard and I was like I don't I don't get this I don't understand why this is so relaxing these are hard to color with but I started doing some research and I found YouTube and I said Okay, I have the wrong I have the wrong materials. So then I started collecting like the coloring magazines and things like that. And um, that's how it really got started. I got my set of Prismacolors and I found the right things to work with for me. And I just fell in love with it from there. But what book was it that uh, you colored in then when it started I to become fun? Yeah, I think it was actually around Halloween time. So this is a perfect segue because I really believe it was around this time of year that I started to really get into it. And I had this, I forget what the name of it was, but it was one of those magazine coloring books that you can find on newsstands. And it was a Halloween one. And it just had um, all different artists and pictures in it with witches and skulls and things like that. And that was how I really started to fall in love with it. 
And you still like to color this Halloween stuff? Oh, yes. I've been coloring Halloween stuff since the beginning of September. <laughs> so I'm still doing it. I'm trying to get the most use out of it that I can until Halloween's over. What is the fun with coloring Halloween stuff? I think because uh, the season is so short and I'm very much a seasonal colorist. I go by emotions and things that are going on as far as, you know, seasons and how I feel and stuff like that. So when autumn comes, I just jump right in. And as soon as Halloween is over, I'm jumping right into Christmas. So I'll be coloring from November 1st until December, well, maybe January 1st all Christmas, all the time, because like I said, the season's short, so it gives me a good feeling. I could put on a Halloween movie while I watch it or um, listen to some Halloween music, and I, I, I love that sort of thing. It puts me in a good spirit. And please enlighten me. What is a Halloween m music and Halloween <laughs> game, <laughs> a Halloween <laughs> movie? <laughs> sure. Uh, well, Halloween movies are just anything that you would consider like um, something spooky or something that fits the season. So um, one of my favorite movies is Shaun of the Dead. It's a British comedy zombie movie. Um, and it's not really horror. It's just really funny. It's a funny zombie movie. And then I like like Hocus Pocus, which is a Disney witches movie. Um, those are two movies that like anybody could watch that wouldn't be really scared. It's just a good, you know. It's a good spirit Halloween type movie. And then, of course, we have like Garfield and Charlie Brown Halloween movies, which I've been watching since I'm a kid. Um, as far as music goes, I just put on Pandora. And if you search like Halloween music, it'll just put on all kinds of different Halloween things like the Addams Family or the Halloween theme, you know, themes from different movies and stuff like that. So when you are going into Christmas colorings, are you then watching Christmas movies and listening to Christmas music? Oh, you know it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so what's our, what are your favorite uh, Christmas movies? Well, I have a lot of favorite Christmas movies. I'm very big into old 40s black and white movies. So I'll watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which is my dad's favorite movie. So I always watch that and I you know, think about him because I remember when we watched it when I was a kid together. Um, I have... You know, all the different ones, the Charlie Brown Christmas, uh, Christmas Vacation, all the Hallmark Christmas movies that are on the, the TV. I mean, they run them 24-7. So if you're ever at a loss for a Christmas movie, you can just put on the Hallmark Channel and there they are. And it's really big in my coloring group, a whole bunch of us. Um, and actually, somebody sent me a shirt that says I have my Hallmark Christmas movie watching T-shirt on. So... <laughs> <laughs> But then you have colored like Halloween and Christmas and the rest of the year. What are you coloring then? Uh, well, sometimes like in July, uh, we had Christmas in July. So there's like a week where we'll do like Christmas in July. Um, for Easter, we'll color Easter things, you know, or some sort of spring type coloring and stuff like that. I very much go with what the holidays are. Fourth of July, I'll color like something for the Fourth of July, whatever I have. I happen to have a Hannah Lynn one that I did um, two years ago. It was just one with her as a Statue of Liberty with fireworks. So um, I, I go with all of those holidays. I always try to color something that's relevant to the holidays. And then throughout the year, um, for the rest of the time, I just look to see what I have in my closet and, you know, I'll I'll see what I'm feeling. And if I'm not feeling anything, I'll pick out some of my favorite books, go through those and pick a picture from one of those. So you are storing your coloring books in a closet? Uh, well, actually, it's our entertainment center in the living room because I color 
I call her in the living room. Um, I do have an office, but I work from home and uh, I spend all day in my office working. So I don't want to sit in here at nighttime. Plus, it also isolates me from my family. So I actually sit on the couch in color and all of my stuff. I moved it all down from the office to the living room. So that way I could be close to it and not have to keep running up and down stairs. So how, where, how or where do you store the things in the living room? So they're in a, they're in our entertainment center, which is like, um, it's like a big, it's sort of like a, a storage unit where you have your TV and then you have these like cases where you, one side I keep my stuff, the other side we keep like DVDs and things like that. And my son can't get to it. Not that he's really into touching my coloring things at all anymore, but he can't get in there and it's totally packed. I mean, I'm not getting much more in there. <laughs> So uh, there's all that. And then I do have a coloring cart, which I keep right next to the couch. And I just keep the things that I use most often in there. Your son, uh, your coloring assistant? Yes, my coloring assistant, the ladies in my coloring group. Um, and I think it might have been on YouTube, too. They all started calling him that. So they, they gave him that name. <laughs> But he's not that interested anymore. He's not. No, um, he he's he when I first started doing it, he really didn't talk very much. Um, you know, he would just baby babble and stuff like that. And they would hear him in the background when I was making videos. Um, so I would always just say, oh, you know, so sorry, my son is there or whatever. And they gave him the name, you know, coloring assistant. So he never really helped me. It's just what they they called him. And he's not interested in touching my things anymore. I think he's he's used to seeing me do it so much that he's just, you know, immune to it now. He's like, oh, yeah, mom's coloring. But are you coloring every day? I do try. I do try. But, you know, I have a full time job and my husband has a full time job. And I have, of course, my son and I have three dogs and a house. So um, I also suffer from four autoimmune diseases. So it's hard to make the time, but I do try to at least do an hour every day. And how many coloring books do you have? <laughs> I refuse to count. I'm not going to count because then I'm going to feel guilty about it. But let's just say over 100. And uh, what are your favorite illustrators? I would say Clara Markova um, because she was really the first one that I knew about that had a, like a hardcover book. And, you know, when I was first learning about coloring, uh, her book was very popular and I wanted it so much. And uh, I had asked for it for Christmas and my brother bought it for me. So I that's always special to me and she's always special to me in that way. So I'm very excited. Her new book is out. I can't wait to get it. Um, she's one of my favorites. Uh, let's see. I, I wrote a few things down. So Maria Troll, she's one of my favorites. I love her new Botanicum book. I color in that all the time. Uh, I love Jasmine Beckett Griffith. Um, Carla Magana. She's a, she's a, um, like a self-published artist, but she is the very first person that ever reached out to me and asked me if I would want to show her book on my channel. And she has four coloring books now, and she's just such a sweet person. She does it all, you know, on her own. And I love her books. She has one of her books is called Spooky Sweets. And she just came out with a Halloween book, which is We Wicked's. And they're so cute. I love them so much. And then I would say um, another one is Alan Robert. He does the Beauty of Horror coloring books. And he is just such a fan-friendly artist. I love working with artists that just want to work with the colorists and talk to them. And um, 
want to be, you know, involved with them and in, in their coloring and stuff. I think that's important to have that kind of relationship. And I work with a lot of coloring book artists that send me things for review. So it's nice when you can have a nice relationship with someone that way. How do you choose what to color next when you have these books, all these books? and Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Um, I don't participate too much in the color alongs only because my time is limited. You know, I don't have hours to sit every night and color and it takes me a long time to color a picture because of my layering. So I kind of, uh, if I can, I do participate, but that would, you know, tell me what I'm going to color. But if I can't and I'm just coloring, I usually, I'm usually backlogged because I get a lot of books review and I do try to color in them before I show them so that people can see what a colored picture would look like from the book. So often that's what I'm doing. I'm usually, usually coloring something from a review book so that I can film the video and show it. But how did that start? I mean, there are are uh, some uh, YouTube channels like yours where where books are reviewing and you are you told us that you get copies sometimes and have this uh, uh, contact with illustrators how did that start I mean it started with books and then you started to <laughs> color but how did it, it did yeah that's exactly it. <laughs> you got it um It started with books because when you are a book reviewer, um, typically, I mean, yes, you can buy your own books and review them, but typically the way that it works is you would request a upcoming book from a publisher. And um, I just thought to myself, hey, why not try it with coloring books? The publishers are putting them out. Maybe they would want to show them. So in the beginning, like I said, Carla contacted me and I've had a lot of people Um, like independent artists contact me and ask me. I don't accept everything uh, that I get offered because I want to show things that I think that the people that watch me would like to see. Um, but like what I'm saying is like when they offer like books with curses and things, I don't take those kinds of things because that's not something that I want to show on my channel. But um, as far as the publishers go, uh, in the beginning, when I first started doing the coloring on YouTube, I reached out to them and just gave them the same spiel that I gave them when I was looking to review regular books. And some of them are very receptive and they're like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. I never even thought to have this done. You know, I didn't know people were doing this and showing coloring books on YouTube. So they would send them to me. And actually... Now, I guess it's been two years since I started doing this. Um, most publishers just reach out to me now. I don't have to request books or anything. They just keep sending things to me. And, you know, or if they've seen one of my flip throughs, they'll they'll contact me and ask me if they could send me a follow up book or whatever. But do you buy some books on your own? Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> so your collection is growing steadily. Always, always. But, um, you know, my husband's very supportive of it and he knows that it brings me a lot of joy. Uh, I love looking at the different pictures, even pictures that are not colored in, I think are so beautiful to just look at. And you could just look at a picture and imagine the colors on it. And it brings me like happiness, actually, in my heart, as cheesy as that sounds, just to look at a picture and just imagine what it's going to look like once you create on it. And uh, like I said, he's very supportive. So he never and, and he never says to me, oh, you can't have that. Or maybe you have too much. He actually enables me to buy things. So oh, that's sweet. Just, yeah, he's just as bad <laughs> as anybody else. Yeah. 
<laughs> but have you worked as a reviewer before the YouTube channel? No, actually. Um, I started doing the reviews when I started my YouTube channel. So, um, yeah, no, I didn't have a blog. or I mean, I, I, I started a blog when I started my YouTube channel, but it was not previous to that. And now you have, like, soon 7,000 followers on YouTube? I don't know. Is that what it is? It's up yeah, to it I was actually... <laughs> something like 6,700 or something. Uh, you are quite big on YouTube. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't look at the numbers anymore. Once I, get, once I hit that 5,000 mark, um, that was just like a goal for me. You know, 5,000, I thought that would be fantastic. And once I hit that... I when was of, that? When, when did you hit? Oh, gosh. I think that was last year sometime. Um, it was pretty soon after I started the coloring, actually, because although I had a small like following on BookTube is what they call it, um, the coloring just seemed to... People liked it. You know, they just seemed to like what I was doing. So it really kind of went fast from what I had, whatever it was when I was on booktube, it was like maybe 2000 or something. It went really fast to get to 5000. And like I said, I don't, I don't look at the numbers anymore. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't bother me or excite me. I'm just happy to be there doing what I do. But you have quite a uh, close re relationship with your followers. I do. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them, Not so much on YouTube, but more on my Facebook group because I have um, a coloring Facebook group and we have, I think we just hit 1900 people in the group. Um, it's a really, really nice place. I created it so that people could start sharing their work and a lot of other people have gone on and done the same thing, created groups for their channels and stuff. And it's nice because we share our work, we encourage each other. And in, I don't know about the other groups, but in my group, Um, people can come there and say, you know, I'm having a rough day or this happened to me or I don't know what picture to choose. What should I choose or anything like that? It's a, it's a really intimate group where we support each other, encourage each other. And we're there if somebody's having a bad day. A lot of people in the coloring community actually have health issues. And um, I think a lot of people identify with me because of that, because I have health issues and chronic pain and stuff. And um, in my group, they know they can come there and there's a lot of other people that feel and understand the same thing that they do. So I've created close relationships with the people in the Facebook group. Um, my, one of my moderators, Mona, she's become my best friend in the world and it was through coloring. So, um, her, uh, color and chat with Sammy, she's another one of my best friends, just met her through the coloring and I adore her so much. Um, Another girl, V, she, I think it's a coloring at V. She just started a channel. She lives in Belgium. She's she's a beautiful colorist. We talk all the time. And I think it's amazing that I can talk with people, you know, on a daily basis in Belgium, in the UK and stuff like that, because years ago you wouldn't have been able to do that, you know. But with technology, yeah, you can connect with people and make close relationships. Um, Dee Dee Willingham, it's, you know, it's the, the list goes on and on of people that I have made really great close relationships all through coloring. So I'm so thankful for that. Because my next question was, what's most important for you? If it's the coloring or if it's the social time with your followers or your friends, coloring friends online? Hmm. I think it's a, it's a combination to be honest with you. I, I don't, I don't know if one is more important than the other. I think that 
through one, we connect with the others, you know, we connect with people through the coloring. So I think it's a really good balance. Uh, I love being involved as much as I possibly can. You know, it is, it is a balancing act trying to connect with my, my people and my group and on YouTube and comment back because I have a full-time job. You know, a lot of people that have the YouTube channels don't have full-time jobs or, you know, they only work part-time or they're housewives or, you know, whatever the case is. A lot of them, I'm like one of the only ones that has a full-time job. So, and I'm actually one of the only ones that I think has little kids. Uh, there might be one or two other ones that has a small child, but it's, it's a balancing act trying to be there. But it's important to me to comment on people's pictures and be there if they, you know, they need help. A lot of people reach out to me through Facebook Messenger and just talk with me about stuff. And I, I do the best I can to be there. That is very important to me. And I'll, I'll give up coloring time if I feel like I need to talk to somebody if they're having a bad time. I watched one of your streams where you were telling that you have been thinking a lot about your son and he's four years old and that you want to give so much time you possible to him. So you are not coloring as much or streaming yeah. as much. Is that so? Absolutely. Yeah. I used to stream every week on Thursdays and I used to put up a lot of color and chats and it's become really apparent in the last, like in the last year, maybe last six months that gosh, he's growing so fast, you know, and, um, he requires more of my attention now because he can really voice what he wants. You know, he, before he couldn't really talk. So I wouldn't know that maybe he wanted my attention as much as he does now. Um, and he, we like to play, you know, we play, we watch movies together as much as we can. I, I'm limited on what I can do as far as playing with him. I can't sit on the floor because it's too painful, but I can sit and watch movies with him or we can play on the couch or we can color. Um, he likes to watercolor. So we do that together and I don't want to give up time with him to stream. You know what I mean? That's a few hours that I have to give up a night to do that. And I really, I don't want to give it up. Um, so I do it sporadically now when I can, I had the, co the cozy coloring night the other night on last Saturday, I think it was, or the Saturday before the 13th, whenever that was. And, um, that was three hours that I streamed so that, you know, that was three hours that I gave up with him and my husband. And I was willing to do it because it was an event and I set it up and, you know, I wanted to be there, but it's not something that I want to do on a regular basis anymore, giving up time with my family because life is so short and you just never know. And him growing up, he's going to be going to school soon. And it just, I want to get in every last little minute that I can with him, you know, before he grows up and then he don't want to hang out with mom anymore, you know. What is it about coloring that helps you with your pain, for example? Yeah. Um, I found that it really, um, I guess it, it was a little quote that I saw and it's true. It distracts the brain. Um, coloring really distracts you from the pain, or at least for me, it distracts me from what I'm feeling. And sometimes when I have pain, even if I'm watching a movie or if I'm reading a book, I will sit there and I'm not actually focusing on the book or the movie. I'm focusing on what is hurting so much, you know? And coloring seems to not let you focus on that. You kind of more focus on what you're doing. And I think it has something to do with creation. You know, if you love to create things, I think that doing that and coloring, it actually pushes aside other stuff and it lights up something in your brain that just 
it makes you focus on it and it brings you happiness that you're creating and doing something here. And I think that is what the distraction is. So yeah, I, I feel like if I don't do a few, few days, I get really like cranky because I just need that time to sit and be quiet and just focus on my coloring. Either I have a movie on in the background or I listen to YouTube or music or, you know, whatever I'm doing at that time. It just, it's a nice, relaxing time that I'm not thinking about any pain or anything like that. So I do look forward to that time every day. But when you are, when you are starting a new page, how do you do? A lot of people that I've noticed, because I watch a lot of colorists and um, especially Sammy, um, I notice she plans out her pages and uh, I don't do that. <laughs> I just kind of dive in. I usually look at a page and I'll have an idea of, a color of one thing that I'd like to do. And then I just build around that. So, um, she usually like when I watch Sammy, cause I learn a lot from her, she mixes her colors and she'll test them out and things like that. I don't do that. I just dive in and I, I make out of it, whatever it becomes. So, um, like I said, if I'm going to start something, I usually have in mind just one color of one thing that I want to do. And I go from there. But how do you choose next color? Just whatever I'm feeling at that moment. <laughs> just, yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't have a color wheel or, you know, I don't typically look up color palettes unless it's something that I'm not familiar with and I want to make sure it's accurate to whatever that is. You know, I, otherwise I just go with it and see what happens. Are you a perfect perfectionist? No, because uh, I think I think you can be and I think sometimes I could be like that but I've learned that nothing's perfect in life you know so uh, if a picture doesn't come out a hundred percent like I wanted it well oh well I learned something from it and I'll try to make that different in the next picture and you know whatever I didn't like I'll try to fix it or correct it for the next picture so how important is the result As long as I'm happy with it, you know, in some regard, it doesn't have to be perfect. Not everything like let's let, let me put it like this, um, just to compare myself to Sammy for a second. She's an amazing colorist. She's so talented. And like I said, I learned a lot from her and I'm just I consider myself still a beginner. I'm only two years doing it, but I feel like I've learned a lot. She taught me how to do skin. I couldn't do it before I watched her video. And now I use that technique all the time. So I learn a little bit each time, but I know that she is, you know, levels above me where there's so many people that are levels above me. And I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, I'm okay with the fact that I'm at this level right now and probably next year I'll be at a different level. So I'm okay with that. I'm not crazy about like, oh gosh, this background didn't come out just the way I wanted it. You know, life is life. So it'll come out better next time. That's the way I look at it. That's great because I know some people get really disheartened when they look at other pictures and think they are not uh, coloring as good as others. Yeah, I hate to see that. I hate when sometimes in our group people will say, oh, I'm sharing this picture, but I was afraid to share it because you guys are all so amazing. You know, that's that's not how we ever look at it in our group. And no one should feel that way. Everybody starts somewhere. So um, everybody starts and everybody learns. And you know something, if you don't want to learn and you just want to be happy doing whatever you do, that's what the goal of coloring is. Just be happy and enjoy doing what you do. 
You said in the beginning that your favorite pencil is Holbein. Yes. Why? I had wanted them for a very long time, and then my husband finally said, you know, let's just get them. So he bought me a set, and I started with them, and gosh, they're just so different than any other pencil. Prior to that, my favorite were the polychromos, and I still really like those. They were really close second to the Holbein's. But the Holbein's are just, like I said, they're like a combo of the two pencils, but then the two pencils, I should say, Prismas and Polychromos, they're, but they're so different. They're so soft, and they blend so nice. And I just find whenever I work with them, it's such a nice experience. There's really no book that I could say they don't work in this very well in this book or anything. They kind of just work on everything. But again, it's also the colorist, you know. So I might say this about the whole binds, but another person might hate them. So... Uh, it, it's really how you like to work, and and my style of working is they're just really nice. They they layer really nice. They're soft, and I love them. When you are using them, do you start with the darkest color or the lightest or the medium? I think every time I color, it's different. You know, uh, I don't have a, a set pattern that. Um, I do. I usually pick three colors and then I'll, depending on what the picture is and how I want it to look, sometimes I'll go with the lightest, sometimes I'll do the darkest. So I'm very, you know, what would you say, fickle? I'm just all over the place. I do whatever I'm feeling at that moment. Are you doing backgrounds on your pictures? I do in some of them. Some of them I don't. Um, and I don't do really like intricate backgrounds. I remember... Um, watching Sweet Katrine and seeing how she did backgrounds. And I was like, wow, that is amazing. And I have no time and patience for that. And I love seeing other people do it. But I typically, if I'm going to do a background, it's just usually like chalk pastels. That's usually what I do. And I just leave it at that. Sometimes I'll go in and put a stencil in there. Um, but I'm more concerned with trying to improve my skills as far as coloring different things like I said skin and stuff like that I'm trying to learn those things and probably someday the backgrounds will play more of a a part in my pictures but at this time it's not a major concern for me so what are you practicing right now um practicing I guess everything you know um what what would I say that I'm practicing I guess I'm really trying to learn how to do um, <laughs> shadows because I really don't know at all like light sources. I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. So typically I don't do shadowing and light sources in my pictures because I just don't get it. But I love watching Dee Dee and Sammy and seeing how they do it. And I love the result they get. So I'm trying to learn that. You said you are layering a lot. Yes. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that. So I learned that from Sammy and, of course, from um, Dee Dee Willingham, too. Those are two my two go-to people when I'm trying to learn something, obviously. I'm bringing up Sammy a lot, but I watch her a lot and I'm, I learn from her. Um, and the same with Dee Dee. It's, um, when I first started coloring, I would color with markers and then kind of go over it with pencils. And uh, then I stopped with the markers and I just started using pencils. But I would kind of go a little heavy with them and not be able to make the blends and things like that. So I started watching what other people were doing. And I noticed that in order to get that look, layering is the thing that you kind of have to do in order to get a different 
a different look or to get different colors or to just make it look the way that I wanted it to look. Um, recently, uh, I've started doing marker work. So on certain papers like that, if it's a single sided, I'll do markers and then you don't have to do as many layers because you have a base down of markers or a base of watercolors or things like that. So uh, I find that that is helpful, especially if I'm having a bad pain day with my hands. I don't need to do as much layering in that in that way. Because I know some people, or maybe a lot of people with pain, think that colored pencils are difficult because of the blending and it's hard for the hand. Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree. It depends. I mean, if you have a lot of pain in your hands, I probably wouldn't go with like the polychromos because they're a harder pencil. Uh, and the layering with them is different than the Prismacolors. Um, Prismacolors seem to me, and of course Holbein's, but Holbein's are expensive, so I don't like to kind of promote those ones as much as the Prismacolors. They're less expensive and I think more accessible to people. So I would say, you know, if you if you want to do layering, Prismacolors is great. But if you don't and you can't because of your hands, always a good option is doing markers or watercolors as a base. Do you mix a lot in your pictures, different mediums? I do. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I didn't used to. I used to just stick with one set of pencils and just do the whole picture like that. But now I mix all kinds of pencils. I mean, I use Prismacolors and Luminance and Polychromos. Um, usually Holbein's, I don't mix in with them too much. For some reason, they kind of just color themselves. I don't usually mix them with other pencils. Um, but the other, all my other sets, I definitely mix. And like I said, I use the markers and the watercolors. I use Posca pens and my favorite thing of all time, which is glitter. So <laughs> I don't think I don't think I have any pictures that don't have some glitter somewhere. And that was exactly what I, what I wanted to talk with you next. The glitter, the sparkle, <laughs> because you love that and you use that a lot. And how did that start your love for sparkle? <laughs> Yeah, I actually think it goes way, way back to when I was a kid and um, I was in dancing school. I used to dance for 15 years uh, until I got sick and I did um, tap jazz and ballet. And uh, when you dance, you have to have costumes. And in our costumes, when you're performing or when you go to competitions and things like that, we would always... Um, like fix up our costumes so they would either have sequins or they would have glitter or they would have like crystals on them and stuff like that. So I think my love of it got started there because I just love the way that the glitter looks under light. It just, I don't know, it just adds something to it for me that I need in all my pictures. And there are times when I will go through my books, maybe if I'm looking for a picture or something to do, and I scroll through it and I see these glittered pictures and they just make me smile. I just love it. And a lot of times I'll get um, cards and stuff in the mail from my, my subscribers and stuff. And they always have glitter. And I have a lot of them on my wall looking at them right now while we're talking. And I just it makes me happy to see glitter for some reason. So I've been a big um, proponent of glitter and enabled a lot of people to get some stickles and put them in their pictures. <laughs> Well, is it mostly stickles you use for sparkle? Um, it's a whole uh, combination of things, actually. I use stickles a lot. I also use uh, the Sakura Jelly Roll glitter pens. Those are really nice. Um, I just, somebody sent me uh, the Copic Spica glitter pens, I think they're called. And um, those are really nice also. I've been using those. And then I have the Color It gel pens that 
I've been using too. And I use like a combo of them in all my pictures. So, um, most of the time there's a little bit of everything in my pictures. What are your best tips for using glitter? How to do? Uh, I do have a video up on my channel on how to use stickles and, um, It's a kind of glitter glue for people it who is. Don't, don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got it. It's glitter glue. Um, and in the video, I actually show the stickles. I show Wink of Stella and I show um, glitter gel pens and how they all work. Um, stickles can be a little tricky because they're in this little tube. And what you basically have to do is shake down the glitter to the point in the tube. Once you get that, then you're golden. Then you can kind of squeeze it out easily. And I think... If you watch the video, you'll see a little bit better on how to use them than I can really explain them. But you can use them any way you want. If you wanted to just put like a glob down and take a paintbrush or your finger and just move it around on the page, you could totally do that. I typically take the stickle and line whatever it is that I want to use and just, you know, line it, line it that way, like I would with a pencil or something. But you can use it any way that you want. Any, any. Any glitter is good. So if someone puts <laughs> glitter on their page, I'm good with that. <laughs> But then it's th this part that I think is hard. It's the waiting time, the drying time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, typically, a stickle should be done at the very end um, and you should let it dry overnight. I usually, I'm, when I'm done with my picture, that's when I'll put the stickles on and I just leave it on the table and let it dry overnight. Does uh, it become... Uh, bubbles or buckle a little bit of um, structure on the paper from the stickles the glitter it can yeah it can um i wouldn't say it buckles but it does you can get some like you said a bubble or something if you put a big glob of it on so it's best when you do stickles to try to make it as smooth or as even as possible but um I have found that if you do that and you're having a little bit of problem on the other side of the page Just color a little bit lighter. Put a little bit more layers on it, and then you should be okay with it. Um, I had one picture where I had that problem with, and I had put a lot of stickles on the other side of it, and um, it was actually over a frog, and it ended up looking okay because it looked like he had little like um, little frog bumps on him and stuff. But My philosophy is this. If it just doesn't look so hot or you have something that doesn't look good, just put some more stickles on the other side of it and you're good. <laughs> just cover it with glitter. <laughs> It's like, I have the this um, thing of doing dots everywhere <laughs> to hide uh -huh. things and to uh, make it pop. Uh, are you using white gel pens? or? I do, yeah. I have a white gel pen and I use Posca pens too. You can use both. You can both use gel pen and glitter. Absolutely. You can use glitter on anything. And <laughs> that's my philosophy anyway. <laughs> you can use glitter on anything. And you can definitely, I mean, there's so much you could do with a picture. All you need is the vision. You could put anything that you want on the picture. You know, acrylic paint, watercolors, glitter, wink of cellar, um, gel pens. You know, it, it's endless. Just make it as as whatever you see in your mind that's what you should do what are your fi favorite colors i was thinking about this question because i listened to several of your other podcasts and i had a feeling this question <laughs> was coming and i i just 
I don't think I have any favorite colors. I mean, like my favorite color of all time is pink, like for my life and things that I do. But as far as coloring, I don't think I have any. I really use my entire set of pencils. I was thinking about this last night and I was looking through my sets and there's nothing that I would say I don't use. So I'm, I, I tend to go towards more pastels. If you watch or you look at my Instagram, you'll see most of my pictures are light. But there are some that are deep colors, so I don't have anything that I would say, you know, I don't really use those colors. I like them all. Did you draw or color when you were a kid? I did, yeah. I, I can't draw for the life of me. Like, a stick figure is the best that I could do, but I did color. Um, I colored a lot when I was a kid with my dad. And it's funny because when I think back to it, in our entertainment center in our living room when I was a kid were my coloring books. So it's spooky that I ended up doing that in my own home because I didn't think about it when I was doing that. But I probably had, when I was a kid, 50 coloring books of, you know, like the kids color, yeah, the kids coloring books. And I would take them all out of the closet so that I could pick what I wanted. And then I didn't want to put them away. And my dad ended up putting them all away every night because my mom would freak out that they were all over the floor. But My dad was very encouraging towards art, and he always would sit in color with me and let me take all the books out and pick what I wanted, and then he'd put them away for me, and then we'd sit in color. So um, I have good memories of coloring uh, from when I was a kid. I remember one of my favorite books when I was a kid was a Wizard of Oz coloring book. It's my it's my favorite movie of all time, and my dad had bought me a Wizard of Oz coloring book, and I I might actually still have that around the house somewhere. Wow. Yeah. And did you use markers then or crayons or? I just used crayons when I was a kid. And I actually, this is going to sound funny, but um, the year before my dad passed away, he bought me a special set of Crayola crayons. I think it was like a 72 set or something like this. And it came in a tin, a Christmas tin. And I still have it. And I still have the crayons. That's a wonderful story. Yeah, I think I was probably about 11 or something like that. So they're they're quite old and I still have them and I plan to give them to my son someday when I know he won't break them. So that's so wonderful that your father colored with you. Yeah, yeah, I have good memories of doing that kind of stuff. He was very good at drawing and art and I actually have <laughs> I have a lot of things on my wall and I actually have a card on my wall um, of the ruby slippers from the Wizard of Oz and they're all glittery and my father got it for me and he had written a poem in it and drew a little picture in it so yeah I have uh, I have good memories of coloring and doing stuff like that with my dad um, I don't think I really painted when I was a kid but when I got older after my dad passed um, I did use art in that way I didn't color but I used art to helped me get through that time. And what I did was I started coloring or not coloring. I started painting ceramics with acrylic paint. Um, and I continued that up until I actually started coloring. And then I kind of just stopped doing that. How much is uh, your uh, disease affecting your life? Um, it does. It, it affects it quite a bit actually uh, I push through a lot of the pain and stuff that I deal with because I have to you know I'm I'm very stubborn and I'm not going to let my disease be me um, my diseases are a part of me but they're not me so there are days when 
you know, I can't do anything. And I just have learned that I need to just tell Frank, who's my husband, and just say, I'm not doing good today. You know, I just need to sit here. And he's okay with that. He understands. He's like the most understanding man in the world. And he's so generous and kind. And like I said to you before, he really supports me and whatever kind of fool thing I want to get into. And one of these things is coloring. You know, I got into it and I've put, obviously, as most of us have, a lot of money into the habit or the sport or whatever you want to call it. And he's totally supportive of that. And same with my diseases. He's completely supportive and understanding. And he understands when there's days when I just can't function. You know, the pain is just too much. But for the most part, I'm going to tell you the truth is that I push through it and um, I have to for my son, you know, because he still needs me. Uh, like I said, I have a job. I still have to be there for my job. And I work my way through it. Uh, as hard as it can be some days, I I work my way through and I say, you know what, I'm going to get some rest and tomorrow's going to be a better day. And I know that I have my mom and my husband who understand. And what more can you ask for? One of those days, what are you doing when you are oh. resting? How do yeah, you rest? I usually, <laughs> I usually um, sleep uh, or rest on the couch because um, I have the three dogs and I don't like them to come up to the bedroom because I have a really high bed and they can't get into the bed and then they're jumping all over. They start fighting. So I just stay in the living room and um, I'll lay on the couch and I have all the three, the three dogs, which I also call my kids. Uh, so I have the three kids and my son there. And um, if he's not like bothering with me or he's doing whatever he does, I will usually read a book and I usually read an ebook because it's just easier for me to hold. And because it has the backlight on it, it's easier to see too. And uh, do you have any favorite coloring tools? Mm, favorite coloring tools. I guess I would just say my favorite coloring tools are probably my pencils. Uh, that's what I like to use most. Um, and I've really enjoyed using my markers lately, too. But I, you know what? I, I have to say my probably favorite coloring tool is my stickles. Yes, <laughs> so of course. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. And what are your best coloring tips? Best coloring tip, the number one absolute have to do coloring thing is have fun. That's that's the number one thing. Um, you can do any type of coloring that you want to do anyway, but the main thing is to make it fun. If it's stressing you out, then it's not fun, and then you're not doing it for the right reasons. So, uh, so many of us have come to this for whatever reason, and a lot of people, like I said before, have illnesses, and they've found this as a way to help them. So. That's the main thing. Enjoy it. Have fun. Don't let it stress you out. And if you have a few days where you can't do it, don't worry about it. Just get back to it when you can, you know. I think many of us become in this life because life is so fast and it moves so fast and we have so many things to do. And it's really hard to just sit down and just be calm and not do anything. And I think we all kind of say, oh, I, you know, I have to get to this coloring page. I have to get this finished. I have to get to the next one. But you don't. Life is so fast. Slow down. Just enjoy it. And like I said, if you're not feeling well or you're having health issues, you get back to it when you can. You know, no big deal. That's that's kind of how I've come to things in life. Slow down and enjoy. Um, so I can't tell you any coloring tips for blending or anything like that. I think it's more about just enjoying it and enjoying being in the community 
and seeing what other people have, not worrying like if you don't have all the coloring tools that everyone else has, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you have something that you can use, you enjoy it, and share it with others because that's how we all learn and get ideas. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Are you going to color anything this weekend? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I got a little autumn coloring book. I think it's called Autumn Dreamlings, and I got it yesterday, and I started it last night with my whole binds. Um, but I don't know if you guys watch Netflix where you are, but Making a Murderer 2 just came out. So <laughs> it's a documentary series that came out a few years ago that was Making a Murderer 1. Now Making a Murderer 2 is out, and it's one of these things that you just have to binge watch. It's like you can't do anything else. So after my husband <laughs> after my husband went to sleep last night we couldn't we can't watch it anymore once he went to sleep so i took out my stuff and i colored for a little bit um and i'll i'll do some more today i actually plan to go to the blick store today because i need to get some replacement pencils so i'm going to do that and i will be coloring in the little halloween book again tonight and um i also am working on a jasmine beckett griffith picture Um, I had I shown this, I think, on one of my streams, but I did a picture two years ago. It was my very first Jasmine picture I ever did. It was a Halloween picture. It was a combination of markers and pencils. And it I just I mean, yeah, okay. it was when I first started out. So it's just not good. I'll be honest. It's just not good. It was good for that time, but it's not good now. And I it bothers me that I I really like this picture and I feel like I just would like to do better with it. Um, and also it has no glitter. So, you know, that's not okay. So I bought another book and I'm working on doing the same picture and I'm actually using it. I'm coloring it the same exact colors as I did the first time. I'm just doing it differently this time. So I put a base on of markers and now I'm going to go over and blend it with pencil. So that's my project for this month of something that I'm just really taking my time with and trying to improve upon what I did the first time. Before I end this episode, I would like to send a big thank you to Deborah Schneider. Thank you for joining as patron for this podcast. I was so happy when I woke up one day and saw in my mailbox that you have pressed the support me button. And uh, as I said in earlier episodes, I have this new patronship thing where you can join in, in, and there is different levels. And at level one, you get your name on the show and on my website. And at level two, you get early access to the episodes. At level three, you also get some extra material. I hope I can give some extra materials for every episode. In last episode, it was a free PDF from Karolina Kubikowska. In this episode, It's uh, a longer episode for the subscribers, and it is about Jen's other passion in life, reading. She gives her best reading tips and some of her favorite books. And at level four, you also get some exclusive episodes. Thank you so much, Jen, for this talk. It was wonderful. I enjoyed it so much. Thank you so much for asking, and I had such a great time, and I hope we get to talk again. Me too. And uh, thank you all for listening and goodbye.